spin. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's no moon. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And it's very nice to see you on the uh, computer screen, Kenton, but we actually saw each other in person just a few hours ago. We somehow, I think we're not supposed to see each other uh. based on the, the heavy security at school, but we did, and uh, I let you in. I, we <laughs> breached security. I let you in. And nobody else was letting me in. I was like buzzing. I'm like, nobody, nobody cares. There was uh, a guy sitting there whose job it is to not let anybody in. That's why that's, that's why they sat him right at the door. No, but uh, we, we got to go in and, and get some of our supplies from work, including our office chairs. Uh, because we're teaching from home in the fall, they want us to have comfortable chairs. So we have we have those now. And it was kind of nice. It was nice to see you in person. It was a little weird being back on campus when it's just like a, a ghost town. I thought it was interesting. They put all these stickers like everywhere else. There's floor stickers everywhere with like social distancing messaging. And I don't know that anybody's been at that campus in the last three months to follow those directions, right? No. Although the first time I went there was right after, it was like maybe before anybody kind of knew what was happening. And uh, so I, I went in there and there was nothing, there was no security. There was like nothing at all. So this this is different than what yeah. I saw last time I oh, went there. Sure, I shouldn't say nobody's there. They are continu- continuing construction on the building next door. Um, so there were construction workers there. Uh, and I guess that maybe the decals and, and the floor stickers are meant for those people. I don't know. There doesn't certainly doesn't seem to be as many people as there usually are. Although this time of year is pretty, pretty bare anyway, because it's summer break and nobody's there. Everyone's on vacation. So anyway, we have our chairs. We're ready to go for the fall. I'm sitting in mine and it's actually much more comfortable. I That's have good. to say, That's yeah, good. it actually, it's already started. And the other thing is, the car, the the chair was sitting in the back of the car, heating up. Ah, oh, yeah. And so now I'm sitting. It's like, oh, it's like it's like a nice warm heated <laughs> chair, just for a moment, just All for right. a moment. It'll uh-huh. it'll be it'll be ice cold again by the time we're done. There you go. Yeah, uh, we are going to talk about Star Wars this week. Lots of stuff happening in the world Lots. of Star Wars. Uh, but first, I want to kind of mention that this week I had a little bit of a went on a bit of a nostalgia trip, which is, I guess, I mean, most of my life I, I spend thinking about <laughs> things from when I was a kid. Uh, that's kind of what this podcast is, but. Um, I watched what I call the trilogy, uh, the Kids in Space trilogy, uh, uh, and it was I posted about this on Instagram. Three movies from my youth that I absolutely loved, and I rewatched all three of them, and they are Explorers, starring um, Ethan Hawke, very young Ethan Hawke, and River Phoenix, and then I watched Flight of the Navigator, starring some kid that never went on to anything else, and Paul, and Paul Rubens as the voice of the spaceship in that one, uh, which was, I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. I remember seeing that one in the theater when I was a kid. And the third one I watched was Space Camp, which was much more star-studied than any of the other two. And the reason I bring this up is because in Space Camp, Joaquin Phoenix is in that, although he's credited as, his name is credited as Leaf Phoenix for some reason. But, um, but a very young Joaquin Phoenix is in that movie, and he is an absolute Star Wars nerd. Like, I, I for some reason, I remembered him in that movie being like the boy genius, kind of like River Phoenix, kind of like his brother in, in Explorers, who kind of, in that movie, he figures out the computer program and the force field and all the all science stuff. But in Space Camp, Leaf Phoenix is just a Star Wars nut. That's it. He's just a kid who loves Star Wars. And that's the only reason why he wants to go into space in the movie. 
because um, so he's quoting Star Wars all over the place. There's a point now. The movie, of course, is about this group of space camp kids that get accidentally get launched into space for real, which is my dream. When I was ten years old and I watched this movie, I'm like, oh, I wish that would happen to me. I so want that to happen to me. Um, but um, then the and Challenger the, exploded, well, no, and that was the end of that dream. No, this the funny thing is this movie, and the reason why this is like the, of those three, this is the least known, I think, even though there are tons of big names in it. Um, and it's because this movie was released six months after the Challenger disaster. So not the best time to release a movie about the space show. Uh, I, I still like it. I think it's a really good movie. And uh, there are lots of great space, uh, Star Wars quotes, rather, including a part where um, Joaquin Phoenix get, has to go on a spacewalk outside the shuttle and to get him to go because he's very scared. He's a kid. He's scared. And so one of the other characters starts going, Luke, use the force, Luke. <laughs> Search your feelings. And he starts quoting Star Wars. It's great. It's just yeah. a great scene. I loved it. So that was my week. I had a lot of fun um, just kind of going down memory lane. And when I think about it, I mean, you know, we talked we talked about in the past. There was a huge boom of movies kind of ripping off Star Wars after Star Wars came out, right? Battle Beyond the Stars, Star Crash. Um, there's a bunch of these really bad, even like Battlestar Galactica could be that, that as well, That was a right? major Star Wars ripoff. Right. Uh, but this one, I would say these three movies, because kids are the main characters, I would say they're more in the line of like E.T. ripoffs uh, because E.T. was the second biggest movie to come out at that point. Or maybe it was even I don't know if it actually surpassed Star Wars as far as bar box office is concerned, but it, it was e. pretty big. Yeah, it did. It did. OK. Yeah. yeah. So E.T. was a pretty big film and that's about kids and an alien. Um, and then the Explorers is about kids and some aliens. And I have to say. The movie goes downhill quick when they get to those aliens. <laughs> it's a great movie. The first the first half is great when they build the spaceship and they go into space and everything's really cool. But then they meet the aliens and I'm like, eh, okay, never mind. Um, and then Flight of the Navigator was, again, a kid and an alien, but very little in space. It was like a kid and an alien spaceship racing across Florida. And that was pretty much all it was. Uh, but still, it's quite enjoyable. And I would recommend to anybody looking to check those out. Um, two of them were on, okay, Flight of the Navigator was on Disney+. Plus. Explorers was on Amazon. And Space Camp was on YouTube for free. So it's right up there. Nobody seems to care about that one um, being on YouTube. And it's, it's, so it's all there. For, so pre- all accessible for, for pretty much free. Uh, with those subscriptions so cool stuff yeah very good uh we also had um a trailer for a new star wars game coming out uh called squadrons right yeah it looks good uh it looks good it's a basically it seems to be a dog fighting game much in the same vein as x-wing or sorry um tie fighter was kind of the first one and then there was a bunch of rogue one or rogue squadron games right that was kind of the series that came out in the late 90s early 2000s so it's kind of those so you're, but but it looks like in this one you can choose much like um battlefront 2 you can choose to be or you don't choose in battlefront 2 you just start off as a as an imperial this one i don't know if you could choose or what but you can either play for the you know the imperials or you can be the rebels i'm worried uh, that you have to play both yeah probably I, that's what it looks like to me but maybe not but uh, i hate that i hate when they force me to blow up good guys <laughs> In the, I don't want to be in the Empire. It goes against every fiber of your being to have to to have yeah, to exactly. destroy X wings. Yeah, no, I, I I wonder if that's going to be the case. That's very similar to what happens in um in uh, in Battlefront Two in the storyline part of that, where you start out as a Tie Fighter pilot and then you end up fighting for the resistance or rebels or whatever um yeah i don't know but it, it made it very much look made it look and apparently it's a cooperative game as well so that you can play online with friends and all play together and that kind of stuff which seems like a lot of fun 
so that one I'm pretty excited about. I will check it out. It's only going to be 50 bucks, I think, at launch. And I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's pretty soon, I think, within the next few months. I'm interested. I want to know how much of it's online play and how much of it is campaign play. Yeah. And I also want to uh, – and actually, you know what it reminded me of? Remember the Wing Commander game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mark and, Hamill, and yeah. Mark Hamill was in it. Yeah. Was, it was a voice. Yeah. Uh, that was back when Star Wars wasn't giving him love. And uh, <laughs> so he went to Wing Commander yeah. of all crazy Well, I, things. I really did like those games. I thought they were very good. And uh, the movie was awful, but the the uh, they should oh, have had the Mar- they should have had Mark Hamill in the movie. There was a while those <laughs> games were the only things going on basically in computer home entertainment. Yeah. That was it. And I even remember, I'm pretty sure I either upgraded my computer or bought a new one just so I could play Wing Commander. There was one that was out for the PlayStation Two, I think, well, PlayStation One or PlayStation Two, and it was I think it was Wing Commander Four, and it had four discs. And there was a lot of, that's the one I remember with Mark Hamill the most, where there's a lot of, of video, a lot of full motion video, meaning, meaning like cutscenes, actually filmed cutscenes with Mark Hamill and that kind of stuff. I remember that one too, but, and it was, it was like almost too many cutscenes. Yeah. Too much movie, well, not enough gameplay. That's because there wasn't much game to it at that point, right. but I, I enjoyed all those. And yeah, so this is, a, it's been a long time since I played a game like that. So I'm kind of in, in, um, excited about this one to see how, how well it is, how good it is. Um, the other thing that I noticed today, I was searching up that story just to see if I could get more details on it. And I also found out that the, uh, the classic Star Wars game, uh, episode one racer oh, yeah. is actually out now for switch and PS4. Not sure why it's not on Xbox. Um, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to download it. I just, I just found this out like a few minutes ago. It's only 15 bucks. It's on the switch. So I'm going to download it on my switch and play it and, and I'll let you know how it is. Um, it, I mean, I remember that being a good game. I really, I, oh, enjoy I played that. the hell out of that. That was Nintendo 64. Was yes, it? that's right. Yeah. 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 I played the hell out of that game. And I actually remember this was before you had to unlock. Remember how you used to have to unlock things? Uh, or you, or, uh, or how now you have to unlock, you have to play 500 hours of a game to unlock it. Yeah. But then there was less of that, but I think there was some level, I can't remember, there was maybe a one or two that you needed to do. But I remember challenging myself to win every race as every character uh. and, and playing it that way. And, and, and I think Anakin's Racer is the most reliable, tried and true but a little bit slower. He, he's the than, Mario. Than the other if you're comparing to like Mario Kart characters, he's the Mario, and that he's the most dependable, the most well-rounded, but not the overall fastest, right? I think Sabalba might have been the fastest, or somebody else might have been the fastest, but did not handle as well. But could you yeah. chuck stuff at the other? I can't remember. I could don't you remember throw stuff at the other pottery. I don't remember how. Could no, you only beat them through speed, or could you also you could ram them? Probably. Yeah, I'm sure you could hit them. Um, no, I don't I think there's, there's no other, um, types of like, and you, there were like jumps where you could jump over them yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so it's I remember re- having the tracks memorized yeah, and just like, and they were cool. They were cool tracks. There was like one super futuristic kind of thing. And then of course, Tatooine was my favorite. It's been kind of remastered. So it's, it's like a higher resolution, and um, and apparently it looks really good and plays pretty much like you remember it playing. I really did like again. That's one of the best scenes in in episode one. Is that yeah, it is, uh, is it's that a good scene. scene? So it was a lot of fun. I remember yeah at the time being really excited about the game and playing it. But um, I was <laughs> I was always wanting to have like a the other good scene in that film. Of course, is the uh, lightsaber duel, um, which uh, I'd like to have that recreated as a as a video game at some point. But I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah, the pod racer. 
what was a great example of other kinds of Star Wars games we could have, but George Lucas would never allow us to, or rarely allow us to play as main characters. And so you're right. just, you're kind of like, oh, I guess I'm Sebulba now. You know, it's like nobody, well, nobody ever saw Star Wars and wished they were Sebulba. I mean, you, you did get to play as Anakin. You know, I like, I like Sebulba. I think he's funny. Um, but um, you got to play as Anakin in this. Like that was, he's the main character of the movie, right? So yes. that, that was exciting to be able to do that. But he's a boy. He's a boy. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to be, yeah, so you're playing, you're sort of, it, it doesn't have that uh, excitement of being Darth Maul, for instance. Yeah, that's right. Which is cool, but playing, playing like, you know, Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> nobody ever wanted to play Jar Jar Binks as a character. I saw that you recently posted on your Instagram account all the originals, all the original carded figures you have from episode one. and Not many, five. That's it? Oh, I thought you had yeah. more than that. Uh, but one of them is Jar Jar Binks, and uh, yeah. and so and then there was comments in the movie. It was Ian McCausland or somebody underneath yeah. saying, "I'm waiting for that character to become popular again, so it'd be worth something." I don't remember the comment, but there's something along those lines where you know <laughs> maybe one day Jar Jar will be a desired figure. That's what I did. I kept the best, which is Darth Maul, and I kept the worst, which is Little Anakin, Jar Jar, Palpatine before he's the Emperor. I mean, who cares? old man figure and uh whatever oh battle droid which is never nobody's favorite design okay is the bat you know the skinny battle yeah, yeah, droid yeah, the roger yeah, roger yeah, yeah. yeah so i kept all of those thinking that uh that those are the ones to keep because they're so unpopular other than darth maul darth maul's popular and will always 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 be demand for him but the other ones i, I thought no one is ever going to want this and it's going to be in such short supply that those who do want it we'll are going to be willing to is that is that what happens to peg warmers um i think so like peg warmers you know we joke about them being the ones that kind of stay out there the longest because nobody seems to want them um but they i guess they must get sold eventually right they get they make their way i think these are the ones that make their way down to the dollar store level like i see star wars toys licensed star wars toys on sale yeah. at dollar store sometimes there was um yeah. a rogue one figure there not too long ago, it was a it was a Jin Urso. It was a larger, maybe like a ten inch, like a Barbie doll oh, sized yeah. doll. It looked like uh, for four bucks at uh, yeah. at um, Dollarama or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny that they had these. Yeah, Star Wars I, I characters think there. I do think there's some degree of that. But then that for everyone like that, like I think there's probably zero demand for Rick Oli, and <laughs> and I'll bet you, I'll bet you that uh, oh who knows? Uh, but I don't think off the top of my head, I can't say. I, my guess is Jar Jar Binks has a bigger collector base than something like Rick Oli or Captain Panaka, my least favorite character, <laughs> like who does nothing. He's just a naysayer, but they made a figure no, out of him. Well, you told me the other day, last episode, you said they made a, a, a figure for pretty much every character in those movies. Everybody had a figure. Yes. The old men with pantaloons who don't do it. We just walked around. De Dexter Jetster had a figure. Yeah. And, uh... oh, right, well, the guy with the ice cream maker. <laughs> Yes, they made a figure out of. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it reminds me of I was I was watching an episode of Toy Galaxy the other day, uh, one of the YouTube channel I've talked about before, and he gets sent toys all the time. People when they're paring down their collection and trying to get rid of stuff, they send him stuff, and he kind of looks at them and t comments on them. And somebody sent him a Dash Rendar uh, figure. It was actually this the ship. What was the ship called in Shadows of the Empire? Oh yeah. Dash Rendar. And it looked a lot like the Millennium Falcon. That the whole thing he he talked what he talked about was how he didn't like at the time that they were going so close to to a Millennium Falcon slash Han Solo type figure and, and care like right. it was all very much a Han Solo knockoff. Um yeah. and, the, and this is speaking of like the time where where 
you know, they would not let you play with canon characters like Luke or Leia or anything like that. So he talked about it, but then he said he came to terms with it and actually kind of likes it now. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, that was a long time ago that all the, the Shadows of the Empire stuff came up. Um, so, you know, it was just an interesting kind of aside when, when that, someone sent him that toy. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you saw a, like a really expensive Boba Fett figure. What happened there? It's on eBay. Uh, it started. I started noticing uh, people, t- non-Star Wars websites, tweeting about it. Uh, like the Guardian, I think, um, ha- had it. And it's basically one of the only. It's the rare prototype Boba Fett with firing rocket. So it's, oh, it's, okay. Uh, well, this it's is all the, blue. Yeah. It's one of the only ones. I don't know how many there are on planet Earth now. Is it two or three? There aren't many. So there it is. It's on eBay with the buy it now price of $225,000. And nobody's purchased it yet. Uh, As of last night, later last night, no. But see what happens today. uh, I I don't recall. I, I think that's the you can buy it now price. But I don't know if the auction's open for bidding or not. Let's take it or leave it, maybe. Are you checking? I'm checking. Hold on. Yeah, let's see. Let's see about that. And I think you have to... I had trouble finding it on eBay, which is not what you want. No. As a seller. But I think uh, I think you have to type in the word prototype to make it come up. Prototype rocket firing Boba Fett. And then you'll see a bunch of other people calling theirs that who don't have it, who have something else. <laughs> <laughs> something else. This is Star Wars Vintage Prototype Boba Fett rocket firing LSAT EFA 90. Is that it? I think that's it. it says, it's got the certificate. Yeah, it's got a certificate, and it says it's uh, yeah, two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars US. That's the one. Um, it doesn't say anything about an auction part. It's just buy it, take it or leave it. Yeah, pretty much. That's Sheesh. what he's got here. So, I don't know, man. That's a lot of money. Certificate of authenticity. How did like how do they get that? Who signs that certificate of authenticity? I know that's the problem. I, I I don't think I'd be willing to just go all in. Like this is this kind of stuff with with three D printing technology, you can recreate pretty much anything. Yes. So I would be very um, skeptical about this. It's concerning. And the other thing is, okay, if you spend, if suddenly uh, they start producing. Like uh, the tribute figure to the original prototype with the firing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a black series next thing, you know, like it could be. Right. Yeah. Like then nobody, then the demand might fall, but then also it'll be harder for collectors to tell one from the other. That's what I'm always worried about when they release those uh, uh, 50th anniversary figure. And I'm always worried that my original collection is going to be worthless because they issue all of them again oh this is cool so the next item down so i sorted it in order of most expensive and the next item down in this list is this um slide it looks like a a still like a a cell from the the droids cartoon and of boba fett um i doesn't i don't remember boba fett being in that cartoon but i guess he was um but it's it's for four thousand dollars people are looking for this three thirty five millimeter slide oh it says prototype i don't know what that means maybe it's not real if he wasn't in it there's all kinds of stuff in here. Sideshow exclusive Boba Fett prototype armor Star Wars. Like, so that's the, yeah, so that's what you're talking about. The sideshow, okay, sideshow collectibles, right? Sideshow is like super detailed, um, you know, expensive toys as it is. And this is a, this is a one. This is what you're talking about. It's a model after the prototype. So it looks like that same 
prototype, but it's like posed and it's a bit better detail. And that one's 500 bucks. Yeah. So you never, I'm always worried. I mean, I do think supply and demand tells us that that Boba Fett figure one day will probably be worth a million dollars. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know. only what, worth what people are going to pay for it. Uh, there was a story uh, a few months ago. There was the guy who had that um, PlayStation Nintendo um, prototype. It was the uh, back when when Nintendo was going to work with Sony to make a video game system. Before they came out with the N64, they were working together, and they did build a couple of these prototype machines that play like it was a it was a Nintendo system that played um, discs before. Like this is obviously before GameCube or anything like that. And so the story goes, this guy found it in his attic. Not sure why it was somebody that somebody had worked for the company or something and had it for some reason. So this guy finds it in his attic. And actually, uh, um, someone I know uh, who's been at FanQuest, Adam Korlick, who's into like collectible video game collectibles and stuff, actually met the guy at a con. So this guy was going around to cons and basically showing it off to people. <laughs> I guess you could pay to get your photo taken with the prototype or something like that. It was real. It was a real prototype. This was not a fake. And so then he had somebody offered to pay him a million dollars for it, and he did not take it. And instead, he put it up for auction, and he only got like 250000 for it. So he did not get what he thought he was going to get. He didn't take the million dollars because he thought he would get more at auction. But it turns out, no, he didn't. So uh, it's kind of it's only worth what people are willing to pay for it is basically the message there, right? Like, I, I don't know. That's always the case. But, you know, things like... You know, I don't think you'd ever go broke buying John Lennon's guitar. You know, there's stuff like that. <laughs> well, you, you would, know what I mean? You wouldn't sell that, though. Like, I don't think I would ever sell that kind well, of stuff. Well, I mean, everybody dies at some well, point. That's the thing. They can right? they can like, sell it off when I die and, you know, my kids can get the money. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I always think about the, okay, I bought it. Okay, I bought it. 200 grand. I bought it. I got it. I'm one of the people that owns it. And then you bring it home. I was like, that's it? Like that's it. That's all you've got. Like, well, like you, you then take, what no, happens? No, make that work for you. Then you take it to cons and show it off to people. <laughs> and like, well, being charged admission. Yeah, that's, so what, this guy did, that's what this guy did with this video game system. He basically sat at a table and had it set up. Um, and basically, you could you could like you, you couldn't play it because there were no games for it, but you could actually see it and take a photo with it, and that's pretty much it. So you charge like ten bucks a person for that privilege, <laughs> make a little bit of money that way, I guess. I don't know. Uh, some people do that kind of stuff, so huh. I don't know. I don't know what I would do that with that prototype, though. I don't think I don't. It's not really a desirable thing for me. Like, so the the story goes that they made it to test it out, but I mean, quickly the idea was quashed because it's a very dangerous thing to give to kids. Yeah, like anything with a with a you know a rocket that fires out. It's a very it's a choking hazard. People are not going to want their kids to play with that kind of stuff. So, well, I was at the point where. I mean, the illustration of the Boba Fett with the firing rocket that was on the back of all Star Wars figures, it looked different. The figure itself looked different. And to the point that when I got the figure, I, I, I was living in Boston at the time with my parents. And so I sent away for like six of those figures because you just needed those proofs of purchase to get them. And I had bought so many Star Wars toys at that point that I just let it ride. I just sent in every proof of purchase I had. I got six free Boba Fetts, and so they all came in the mail, and uh, and at that time, you could actually just hand draw a proof of purchase okay, and yeah, honor it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things you could do, <laughs> and so I did it once, just to round off one more. I got one more. So the figures came in the mail, and my first thought when I opened them was, this isn't what I ordered, because the it's faulty. It looked different. The figure itself had changed after the drawing, which showed them with a rounded helmet. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, the rocket didn't fire. So I thought that they sent me a bunch of shit. I didn't think I I did not think that they changed the design. No. I thought that I got ripped off. Did they depict the rocket firing and the yeah? They they showed it firing. So that yeah, they I, showed I guess they was... showed the figure bent over with his ass to the camera, which is a which is perfect. <laughs> and then they and then they showed how the mechanism, the trigger mechanism. Forget if you shoot I mean, there, a rocket there out were of his other ass. toys like that. There were like <laughs> yeah. I remember having. G.I. Joe uh, toys that had real firing rockets and that kind of stuff. Maybe it's because it was so small. Is that what the issue was? Like, it seems like... Probably. I mean, those other ones are pretty small, too, but I don't know. Yeah, probably. I mean, it was a choking hazard, I'm sure. But, hey, Don Rickles used to tell a joke where he'd say, drop your pants and fire a rocket. <laughs> and, it, and it was like, that's, that's what the Boba Fett looked like on the figure package. Okay. Bent over, firing a rocket. The Don Rickles figure. Ah, that's funny and this was after <laughs> was this after empire came out or before before okay so it was like the first oh my god you can and i think they did it for bosk as well oh uh, okay i remember getting i now i don't know like i lived in the states at that point so i could get these get them and i think you could do it in canada too i'm pretty sure you could okay maybe somebody but, can, uh, maybe somebody can one of our listeners can fill us in on that if they, if they remember that i still remember that getting them in the mail and being like oh my god these aren't from the star were they carded Wars were they on a card or no no uh uh boba fett and and also bosk i think was in, in a in a little cardboard box yeah. with tape on either yeah side. I, I remember that when yeah. i did that kind of stuff for gi joe's i i remember getting like a cobra commander and it was not in a on a traditional you got the card like the thing about gi joe's of course that it came with a little file card yeah that i kept i had all the i had little a folder thingy and i kept all my cards in there i cut them all out and kept all my guys on file um so it came with that for cobra commander but it did not come on the back of a of a typical blister pack card or whatever like you would buy in the store um and i guess that was because so they could save money on packaging i guess they didn't want to have to spend the money for that kind of stuff um that's interesting yeah so i don't know we'll have to we'll keep an eye on see if this goes uh see if anybody buys it i don't think it's going to go if it hasn't gone already it's not going to go for that amount i think they're trying too hard um, or maybe that maybe right now the market isn't good for this kind of stuff. People, you know, there's all kinds of financial issues people are facing because of the you know, COVID-19 outbreak and that kind of stuff. So maybe it's just not a good time to try and sell a high priced Star Wars collectible. Well, I also think, I think the Guardian said the last time it changed hands, it was a hundred grand, 120 grand. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're looking to double their price or something. I don't know if that's a reasonable thing to think is going to happen. My guess is this is the kind of thing I used to put stuff up on eBay, nothing like this, nothing for 200 grand, but I put stuff up and like, it would basically be, and you'd go, okay, uh, absolutely firm $50 for this thing or whatever. And then queue a thousand emails going, I'll give you 45 99 well, for it yeah, or whatever. I'll give you, and you're just like, no, that this is the, that's not the auction. It's not an auction down. It's an auction up. Yeah. And I get, and you know who's really bad for that? Winnipegers. Oh, yeah. I'll like come I, to your house. Oh, uh, well, it's the same thing on Kijiji. If you ever try and buy or sell anything on Kijiji, people immediately message you, I'll give you 10 bucks. You know, like, like, like yeah. they automatically lowball you. And I'm like, I never do that. When I buy stuff, I always say, okay, this is what you're asking. This is what I'll give you. I never try to bargain. I never try to, no. to lowball. I mean, whatever. It's a fair price. If it's a fair price, pay it. What's the What's the big deal? My favorite so. is I'll save on shipping by coming to your house, assuming that <laughs> I want whoever to just come yeah, to my house. No. I'm going to tell you where my house is, and you're going to come here with what? With a weapon or something, and you're going to beat me? <laughs> they'll, see your, they'll see your Star Wars toys collection, then come back later another night <laughs> and break in. <laughs> 
But I mean, that's my guess is if you're selling this for 200 grand, you're getting all kinds of emails like that. Probably. Oh, yeah, you're I'm getting sure. All kinds of, let's take this off the books. I remember one time um, I bought, I, I used to buy Star Wars purchases all the time. And once in a while, somebody would just be gouging Canadians on shipping. Yeah. That was quite common. And, and, they, and it would be like um, $50 for the action figure and $50 for shipping. So what I would do is I'd email the guy and I'd go, look, I'll give you the 50 bucks asking price. $50 seems, I said, I'll tell you what, you find out what the actual shipping is from wherever you, from Montana to Winnipeg or whatever it is, and I'll give you $20 more and it still won't be $50. So why don't we agree to that kind mm -hmm. of thing? And then sometimes they would, sometimes they'd be like, yeah, I just, I don't know where Canada is on a map kind of thing. <laughs> so I, it's like Canada and Belarus, a million dollars in shipping. So you get that, you get the person who just didn't know, mm -hmm. but then you'd also get the person who's like, I said $50. Like, so there's, it's a combination of two things. Sometimes you're on one side, sometimes you're on the other. So this guy, this guy's going to be on the bad side. Uh, well, of this, this thing says free shipping. So I, I better, I bet well, like $200,000, you better ship that. Free thing shipping. Free. You better get on a plane. If it's 200 grand, get on a plane. Put on your fly, face mask. Fly there yourself. <laughs> exactly. You want yeah. personal delivery yeah. of this thing um, in a in a Brinks armored truck uh, to get, to get it to where it's going for two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of funny. Um, have you gone out to buy any toys or see any other toys? I I went. I finally made it to. Uh, well, I went actually get back to GameStop. Yeah. They had place. more Baby Yoda magnets. Oh, I saw a Baby Yoda figure at Walmart. Oh. Did I tell you about that? No. I, I was going to post it and I forgot. I took a photo oh, I, of it. I, I would have bought it. It was a me. larger, it looked, I, I, I want to say life size, but I'm not oh. sure how big Baby Yoda is. It looked about the size of Baby Yoda in The, really? in the Mandalorian. And it was like, um, it was like, I don't know if it, I don't think it talked. Baby Yoda doesn't talk, but it was a, a larger kind of a doll kind of a thing hmm. at Walmart. So I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, addition. Sorry. I've seen none. I've seen no Baby Yoda figures in, uh, on a shelf that's for sure but the um the i i did make it to walmart and i did find all the empire strikes back figures that you were talking about they're great those are great figures it was very tempting so i don't know if you can see this oh yeah that's the baby yoda that's awesome um, i probably would have bought that it's called, it's called the child technically it's yeah. called the child um and then yeah the other one um i went back there and i checked on those figures and the peg warmer from that batch appears to be princess leia for some reason that's the only one that's left uh, just overproduced probably Maybe. yeah yeah yeah. But th yeah i really like those i think they're really good they're, they're except for the adat driver whatever the hell that is yeah that was stupid but the other ones are great well i, I kind of like that at driver I, I, I saw him and i liked him in the sense that he's just like the old figure <laughs> the like i liked him from a retro I had the original Kenner figure, so I get why they made him. But uh, yeah. did but yeah. they just take the Rebel pilot helmets and paint it? Is that what he's wearing? It looks almost the same. The, the helmet that he's the the Anat driver is wearing a helmet. Not Rebel. Well, the, the, the X-wing pilots. They oh, wear those is that giant what it looks helmets. Like? I don't know. I just I just occurred it to me like just an now. X-wing pilot helmet. It's on just a, a big helmet. Trooper. Yeah, with with the Empire logos on it and painted white. I think that's all they did for that movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look at it more closely. I, I mean, these guys are literally in the movie for like two seconds; like they're barely in it. So I don't think they put a ton of work into those costumes. Uh, <laughs> I al I almost bought something that I'm glad I didn't. And I saw at GameStop they had I've never seen it before. It was a Star Wars black 
uh, figure, and it was for uh, from the from the get for the game Battlefront Two, ah. and it was a battle damaged battle droid, and it looked pretty cool. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get this. And then I looked, and it was like fifty bucks. I was like fifty bucks, but I was like, but I've never seen this. And then I kind of looked, and I was like, I hate the battle droid. I just said I hate it. I was like, what am I even thinking about buying? So I went, no, I put it back. But that's yeah, the only on. new thing that I've seen. Everything else, but but I have seen a steady flow of stuff hitting the shelf. Yep. There's no doubt about that. But I just I'm not seeing um, like I'm not seeing the Baby Yoda, for instance, uh, Star Wars Black figure. Or let me think. Is there anything else that came out? It, it it still looks like they're getting shipments, though. It just doesn't look like it's anything that I'm that motivated to buy. I mean, that, yeah. you know, I'm an all or nothing. If something I mean, it comes be, out, it should be the bad, the bigger battle droids, the ones we see in the Mandalorian. That would be cool if they had yeah, that one. Those yeah, are great. Yeah. Those are excellent. Yeah. They look in the Mandalorian. They look scary. Like they yeah. are actually kind of more menacing than they ever were in the prequels yes. or any of those Clone Wars uh, yeah. shows. Um, so that's the one I would want. Um, but yeah, it's, I see what you mean. Where it's kind of like, and I hear about all kinds of stuff coming out online. Um, again, the Toy Galaxy channel. The guy's been talking about pretty much everything he's getting now. He's ordering online. He doesn't go to the store. Because there's just no no point right now, because um, stores aren't carrying it. But again, like you said, Walmart has some stuff. It's worth checking out if you go to Walmart. There's not a ton there, but there is some stuff there. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a, it's kind of interesting, and nobody really wants to go shopping as things currently. It's stand. getting it's getting a bit better. I, I made the joke to you today as we we crossed paths at the college. I said this is like going shopping three months ago. Yeah, because <laughs> because going three months like now, if you go to the grocery store, they're not quite. Uh, there's one person there. They've gotten rid of the hand washing station, and there's just a just a, one guy with a quick squirt of uh, sanitizer, and you're good to go. Um, and then uh, it's so they've kind of relaxed. The fencing is down from Walmart. They had fencing all around to keep people from to force people to line up. Now they've taken that down, so things are starting to relax here because um, we're in pretty good shape where we are as far as uh, as far as COVID nineteen cases, but. Other places is still not quite back to normal yet. I, I actually have a relative from New York City who came to. It's my my mother is married to a man who has uh, kids in New York City, mm-hmm. so they are immediate uh, family of a Canadian citizen. So he came here on Friday and he has to quarantine. He got an Airbnb and he has to quarantine for fourteen days before he can walk out into the Winnipeg wild. But all that, all that his visit has done is made me be more suspicious wherever I go. Of being like, they could have just got off a plane, you know. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to be around the people who just got off a plane. I, I don't know if you saw this, but our, our friend Sherilyn Johnson, who's been on the podcast before, um, she was on Media Nerds, not Star Wars Nerds, but she's she's from Toronto. She lives in Toronto, but she has family here, of course, and she recently came back. And wrote a huge post on Facebook about her experience traveling from Toronto to Winnipeg, and oh, no. about all the all the <laughs> mishaps. Not good. That ensued. No, well, I don't know. Apparently, the airlines are not down with all the. Uh, they're not down with the sickness, as uh, as they say. Uh, no, they're not down with all the. They they didn't inform any of the passengers about the quarantine uh, regulations. So. If, to hear her tell it, now she knew because she she checked it out ahead of time, but you could be flying into Winnipeg from Toronto and not know that you have to quarantine for 14 days because nobody communicated that to you until you got off the plane, um, which is not a great thing. But yeah, it, it's a really, you know, obviously t- traveling right now, I'm, I'm surprised that they would come here from New York and basically sit for two weeks and not do anything. Like, what are they just going to sit and watch TV for two weeks? That's I know. What a, waste, what a waste of an Airbnb. I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess... I, well, in in um, and I should say on that side of the family, 
Um, my mother's husband owns a, a cottage, uh, Lake of the Woods, not Lake uh, of the Woods. Uh, be, it's before Lake of the Woods, so it's in Manitoba, not mm-hmm. in Ontario, and um, West Hawk Lake. Right, of course. And yes. uh, I couldn't think of the name of it. And uh, so the appeal of coming to Canada is you spend two weeks in quarantine, then off you go For a to month. the lake, and yes, and you can be there all summer, right? And isolated from everybody and everything. And you're not in a big city. Can you imagine being in New York City where there was a COVID outbreak? Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, it's awful. No thing. And, yeah. and it's spiking in the U.S. right now. Yeah. So, uh, God, I just wouldn't want to. So, I, I, I guess I can, if you have the time to take a full, like, two, I guess we, we do. We, we get months off of, of work. So, we could do that. Travel somewhere, wait for two weeks, and then. And then if you had no, access thanks. to a cabin, no, no, I'm not. Let's go to Florida. It. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to Celebration. Let's go to a con somewhere. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, all right. What else we got here? Oh, uh, they, they wrapped up. They finished the uh, the Disney Gallery Mandalorian uh, series. Now, I've not watched them all. I was trying to catch up yesterday and I got bored. I really like at, at about halfway through. I was like, I just, it's a lot of talking, a lot of circle, like talking around a table. And I'm like, I just got kind of bored of it. Uh, what did you think of it overall of the series? I think it was perfect one a week. I think binging it probably is not. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I watched, I watched yeah. a couple of them and I'm like, I just can't watch any more in a row. I'll probably will watch the rest of them eventually. But yeah, it was not, uh, not the funnest thing to watch. Um, I enjoyed, yeah, and actually the last one is probably the most interesting, which is all of the other elements from all other Star Wars that they brought in to the Mandalorian. And not so, a lot of it was very standard kind of stuff, but there were some surprises uh, in that last episode. But I was actually hoping the last episode was going to be a preview of season two. That would be nice. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, just give us something. Give us a trailer. Give us something. I was like, no. <laughs> no, nothing. Not that. But uh, they did, and that, that was the other item. I'm not sure if you're ready to talk about it yet. Yeah, sure. The, the Mark Hamill. Yeah, they revealed that in that final episode. Yeah. So Mark Hamill voiced the bartender droid in uh, our favorite episode of yeah. Mandalorian, which is, I'm not joking, it's not a favorite, it's our least favorite episode. It's the one with the horrible uh, newbie bounty hunter guy. Uh, who's, whose son was that again? I don't remember who's son that was. Bobby Carnavali. Oh, yeah, Bobby Carnavali's son. Son, yeah. Um, and, but also, it also had Ming-Na Wen, who I love, who's a great actress. And uh, But it's the one that takes place on Tatooine. So he walks in there looking for work, and there's a droid. And it's it's such a contrast to the original. Um, in the it cantina. Is, it is, it is Mos Cantina. And it's such a contrast to the first scene because there's nobody in there. It's deserted. And not like the first time we see it when it's packed. And so that bartender was Mark Hamill. We just, we learned that. And then from that, we learned that he's done all kinds of voices throughout the Star Wars uh, series. He was in Rogue One and Solo, but we don't know who he was or what what he played. Yeah. Or do we? Well, well, first of all, we, they confirmed that the droid working the bar was Jabba's former droid, EV-99. Yes, that's right. And yes. so he, the one who's like, soon you will learn some respect. Yes, that's right. We have use for you on the master's sale, Barge. Yeah, that was him. And now he's relegated to bartending. How, how did, I guess he wasn't on the barge, right? He didn't, yeah, because the barge blew up. Right. But he would have been back at Jabba's palace when that happened. So he right, did not die. Right. So he's the one who learned some respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh In man what happened that happened to woohoo that's what i want to know yeah he was the I, guy he was the guy right? i think they just they just replaced uh, him with cheaper machine labor well the, ironically he's the racist yeah. robot guy right he's the one who doesn't like yeah. droids right so it's the ultimate comeuppance <laughs> to be replaced by a droid for sure yeah but yeah. yeah so but mark hamill confirms that he has been a voice in 
he says not in the prequels. He has no part in the prequels. Too bad. But he he uh, but did not say who the voice was in Rogue One or in Solo, which to me is I think we're gonna have to watch Rogue One and Solo again and write down what the suspects are. All right, we can oh, do that. Because you know what else occurs to me? If I were to start anywhere, um, there is voice voices over loudspeakers in both of those films. In Rogue One, yeah. it's on Yavin. Yeah, and in in um. A solo it's at in the, the recruit, very beginning. The recruitment center, yeah, where yes. he's, he's um, signing up. Yeah, gonna, you're right. The recruitment center voice is probably high up on the list of possible. Now, this is pretty common practice these days. I guess back when the prequels were happening, it does, wasn't as much, or maybe George was just like, I really don't you know, want to do anything with the, with the original cast in this one. But uh, these days, like I even think about like the Star Trek movie, which I watched pretty recently. This is the uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. The first one, um, there's a scene where they're on the Romulan ship and there's Romulans yelling when they go on there to, to you know, rescue Spock or whatever, or rescue their commander. And one of those voices is Will Wheaton, um, who was asked to do just kind of a, again, same kind of thing. Like, oh, just be a voice. Nobody's going to know it's you, but it'll be fun to have your voice as part of this because you're part of Star Trek. And so that kind of stuff does happen. Of course, we know there's tons of voice cameos in in the the newer movies in uh you know um craig uh, daniel craig uh kevin smith was in uh, one of those stormtroopers so there's all kinds of stuff like that happening all over star wars uh so it's no surprise that mark hamill has been a part of this um you know even if it's just for a bit part like that and maybe we'll see maybe we'll see him again maybe they'll go back to that the cantina again next uh season and we'll get to a little bit more mark hamill as a droid i think it's pretty much a guarantee that we'll be going back to tatooine especially since we left it hanging few things few things are still and which also uh means that maybe amy sedaris is back yep. uh as the as ripley <laughs> <laughs> well and, uh, yeah. So and the um, and the uh, the other thing about it is that uh, and I, one okay, so I t- I watched the episode about acting um, the, the actors and casting I guess it was um, about that and then I watched the one about the technology and stuff and they talked about how George developed the look of Boba Fett that look that they used from the Mandalorian the whole Mandalorian armor design was kind of developed for you know Empire Strikes Back or earlier than Empire Strikes Back and it was very much based on. Um, the man with no name, like Clint Eastwood, uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and and uh, for a few fistful of dollars, for a few dollars more, that character where he's got kind of the poncho, and that's kind of what the Mandalorian is. It's a western in a lot of ways. Um, so they were trying to model it after that. He said, even sounds like Clint Eastwood. Like, come on, like even the, even the original Boba Fett voice before they they recast him in the prequels, he sounded like like Clint Eastwood. Basically, um, what was his name that did that? Um, Jeremy, someone or other. No, he didn't do it. Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, no, did he, he do just the voice? The body. No, I think he was just the body. Of oh, okay. I thought, I thought he did the voice as well, and uh, they dubbed him he? over. I don't know. I'm just, I might I'm be just wrong, guessing. so forgive me. Okay. Forgive me if I'm wrong. He, I forgive. He you. Might have done. They they had dubbed it over anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it doesn't uh, matter now. But yeah. but it was very much based on the uh, the you know man with no name and and uh, and kind of that that lone gunman kind of character, which I thought was really interesting. And then they built a whole culture around it. Like they built everything uh, out of the Mandalorian race and everything that we know about the Mandalorians. They kind of built out of this one character, which is really really cool. I think anyway. Yeah, it no, was it I was a good, so thing. and I really do. I did appreciate what they call the volume, which is that giant room they created. It's oh. just all video screens, and it was basically live sets. Um, and they shot the bulk of the series in that room where they just create, 
you know, physical set on the ground, dirt or whatever, and then it matches the screen, which shows the distance and shows the kind of the background. And they did it for exteriors, they did it for interiors, they did it for space uh, fights, they did it for everything, uh, which is really, really cool. And I, I imagine that we're going to see a lot more things filmed in that way going forward. It's way better than green screen. It's so much better oh, than yeah. green screen. Yeah, you no know, comparison. It's, it's, in real time, the actors have something to react yeah. to. They feel like they're in the shot. Um, it's much, much better than than green screen, um, which is what they've been kind of the bulk of special effects filmmaking for the last 10 years. It's made me so. think more about video games when I play them. Yes, Because exactly. you were so used to just looking around and and, and the scenery changes and, and uh, without any delay in the yeah. graphics or that's, anything. That's something, again, as I'm yeah. playing Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game for the Switch, I, I can't believe how quickly that game just opens up and there's no there's there's no loading times that you just go wherever you want and it, the scene just builds as you're going through it i i remember back in the old old school Zelda games when you like when you move to a different screen there was a, there was a delay it was like a delay and then you the screen kind of scrolls over so you can see what's happening but nothing like that anymore it's a complete open world and you can pretty much go anywhere and it just kind of it's there and that's what they're doing for for filmmaking now yeah i uh, i remember even car racing games had to redraw had to they couldn't keep up with the speed you were going in the yeah, car. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes you'd see there'd be a pause, or you would see like the scenery being drawn as you got closer. The to older, it. Uh, the older Grand Theft Auto games had a bit of a loading yeah. when you had to leave the island or something like that. You had to get a bit of a loading screen to get into the next part yeah. of it. That's gone now. Grand Theft Auto Five has gotten rid of that stuff. Yeah. So it really is. The technology is just incredible, and it's incredible that they're using it in this way to create digital effects in real time as they're shooting um it, it's so much better like everything's better and i didn't the other thing i didn't notice is that they had uh three guys playing the mandalorian they had him like the main character the actor um pedro pascal and then they had the um the gun guy and then the martial arts guy so <laughs> there was a guy who was like every time he drew a gun and fired a gun it was like the gun guy every time he fought off somebody hand-to-hand combat it was the martial arts guy and it was seamless i couldn't tell there was a different guy in there it was very very cool um that they were able to do that so there were some good things to come out of that um that series i just you know, wasn't able to get through all of it as a uh as a binge but i will i will watch it a little bit as we go and again like i said it did get me in the movie i started kind of picking away back at the mandalorian again um just re-watching it a little bit at a time to uh to kind of get back into that so it's a it's a lot of fun i think i'm gonna watch the mandalorian one more time before uh for season, season two, two. Yeah, yeah i think i gotta do good. it it's so good yeah, watching it again. You're right. Seeing the clips again makes me wanna. Yeah, and that's the whole that's thing. exactly what that's designed to do, right? And I don't know what else is gonna come to the Disney Gallery. Uh, maybe they'll do some Marvel ones whenever we're getting ready to see the new Marvel movie come out, Black Widow or whatever the next one is. We might see something about that, but it's. I think this is meant to be their kind of platform for behind the scenes um documentaries, I guess, as it were. I just got a little tired of the t- the table talking. Like that was the the biggest issue for me. It's like they clearly recorded five or six basically podcasts so what it is it's just like you know, let's just release these as podcasts instead of uh cutting it up like they did um i thought it was quite funny how uh carl weathers um you know he's i think he's got uh, a pretty high opinion of himself <laughs> he's, he's got a bit of an he's ego an i think well, I know, but it's funny. He's like, I had to. Re- I mean, I mean, I wanted to work with you, but I had to read the script. I'm like, come on. <laughs> and it's like, and then they're talking about possibly like they they were going to cover up his face with a prosthetic, and like, come on, you can't do that. Like, he's not the you know, he's not the best looking guy in the world. It's like you it's can't. The star people power. Are, people are going to. I mean, but Carl Weathers is not the biggest star in the world. You know, like I think that to some people they like him from the Rocky movies and that kind of stuff, but 
he's not the biggest name in the Mandalorian by far. I would say Nick Nolte is probably the biggest name, and Nick Nolte is the one whose whose face we don't see. So and does yeah. not appear in the documentary whatsoever. That's true. That's true. As himself. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that he's not in it. So I don't. Maybe he didn't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it was a it was a what's his name situation where he didn't know they weren't going to show his face. He zoomed it in. <laughs> You don't phone it in anymore. Now you zoom it in. That's right. That's yeah. right. He zoomed in his performance. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's uh, you know worth worth watching, I guess. And uh, anything else you wanted to say about that? That series? about Disney Gallery? Well, yeah. there there's probably going to be more of those. And you know, Disney Disney Plus needs content to keep us to keep us going until season two comes. So the more of that, the better. I think the next thing Disney Plus is doing is their releasing the broadway uh version of hamilton on hamilton july. in a couple days yeah it's like yeah. next week yeah yeah i'm actually kind of looking forward to that i think that's a lot of fun. oh i'm gonna, gonna see that too yeah. that, releasing it on canada day i think july 1st <laughs> happy canada day a, a musical about american independence <laughs> why, why not release it on the 4th of july like i don't understand that uh, maybe, maybe because they think is. i might be wrong wait a sec maybe it was july 3rd i thought it was the third yeah i think you're right it's the friday okay. yeah so and then people can watch it on Independence Day weekend, like it's on a long weekend Day, before they catch COVID and die. They can watch it. <laughs> they can appreciate the importance of their freedom before they yeah. exercise it to catch COVID. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna leave it at that. I think that's all we're gonna talk about this leave week. Leave it on death. On that note, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass. That's we're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Thank you. <laughs>